With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From the Berkshires to the Sound, from wherever you live in MLB America, this is Inside the Parker. You give us 22 minutes and we'll give you the scoop on Major League Baseball. Now, here's Baseball Hall of Fame voter number 70, Rob Parker. Welcome into the podcast. I'm your host, Rob Parker, and we are here. That's right, opening day 2023 to Major League Baseball season, and man, Am I excited? And what a show we have for you today. Former Major League infielder Harold Reynolds stops by, and of course, from MLB Network. Plus, longtime Boston columnist. He now works for the Athletics. Steve Buckley, he joins us as well. Let's go. Better up. To lead off, it's getting robbed. And keep him up. Rob's hot take on the three biggest stories in Major League Baseball. Number one. Here we are, opening day, Major League Baseball season 2023. And as always, I'd like to take a look into my crystal ball and think what will happen this season and make some predictions. Um, And here we go. The American League, I'm just going to pick the division winners, the teams that's going to come out of each league, and the World Series winner. Okay, so AL East, I'm going to pick the New York Yankees at the top. When it comes to the AL Central, I'm going with the Minnesota Twins. I know people are like, you're crazy, you're Meshuggah. Uh, I thought they underachieved last year. I just think uh, I'm not sure about the White Sox and I'm not sure about the Guardians, even though you know the Guardians played well last year. I'm going to go with the Twins in an upset in the AL Central. And I mentioned the Yankees. I just think that they're loaded. When they get their starting pitcher, pitching all healthy, they will be tough to beat. Red Sox are down. Orioles and Rays are just, they're good. I don't think they're better than the Yankees. In the West, no, I'm not picking the Houston Astros that everybody thinks they're going to win another World Series and they're going to run away with stuff. I'm not doing that. I'm not picking the Angels because of Shohei and Trout. I'm not doing that. But I do have a dark horse. I'm picking the Texas Rangers. Jacob DeGrom has a healthy year. Leads that rotation. They don't lose more than four games in a row all year. And somehow, someway with the bats in that lineup, I'm picking the Texas Rangers with an upset in the AL West. In the National League, jam-packed NL East. Braves, Mets, Phillies, all great teams. Phillies, of course, made it to the World Series. I'm going to go with the Braves to win the NL East. 
Mets, of course, great. Phillies, of course, great. Uh, so that's going to be some dogfight to see there. NL Central, St. Louis Cardinals will go there. Cardinals are consistent to Cubs, Reds, Pirates, Brewers. You know, I, I just don't have much faith. Uh, maybe the Brewers will make the postseason. Uh, the other teams, not so much. And in the NL West, there's a new division winner in my mind, San Diego Padres. I'm all over the Padres. Hater in the bullpen, three studs at the top of their rotation, and a lineup that will get Fernando Tatis Jr. back. So there's another one that is pretty, pretty important. And uh, here we go. In the National League, I'm picking the San Diego Padres to come out of the NL, and I'm picking the New York Yankees to come out of the AL. And I have the Padres beating the Yankees in seven games in the World Series. Number two. And, of course, the new rules are the biggest thing uh, in Major League Baseball for the 2023 season, and we'll see. I mean, they're using the model from spring training that 26 minutes were shaved off of games. That sounds good, and if that holds up in a regular season, then it's worth it. But I'm just not convinced. I just need to see when guys take pitches, work counts. You know, is it really going to be a, a 30 minutes less, 26 minutes less, or will it be five or six minutes less once we get into these games, real games with real major leaguers? So we'll see where that is. Uh, I'm cool with no shift. I'm cool with the bigger bases. The pitch clock, I'm still skeptical, but I'm going to go in with an open mind, take a look at it, and see what happens. Number three. You know the big story all year will be about Shohei Otani and about him leaving the Angels at some point, whether they trade him during the season, they hold on to him all year. And, uh, you know, people are expecting him to make at the minimum of $50 million a year. Uh, you know, like that's going to be the starting point. We saw how important he is to Japan and Japanese baseball, the World Baseball Classic. A hundred million people in Japan watched as Japan beat the United States. And, uh, you know, Forbes is predicting uh, that Shohei Otani is expected to make, you ready, a Major League Baseball record, $65 million for the 2023 season. That's including endorsements. They believe that uh, his endorsements will uh, dwarf everybody uh, because of his appeal internationally and, of course, in Japan. So they expect his endorsements to be around thirty-five, at least $35 million which is incredible and that'll be up from 6 million in 2021 and 20 million. He made 20 million in endorsements in 2022. They're expecting that to jump up even more. And when you think about guys like Judge and Trout, those guys make uh Judge made 4.5 million in endorsements and Trout made 4 million. So you're telling us that Otani's expected to make at least 35 million. I think it's I think he could be making 50 million a year because of his international appeal and so he will be raking in the loot. The question is where will he play? <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal. So why not refresh your home with a little help from blinds.com? 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Free samples, free shipping, and our 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home too. Shop Blinds.com now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Delve into the visceral world of hip-hop with the Gangster Chronicles, a podcast that aims to unravel the intricate tapestry of one of music's most influential and misunderstood subgenres, gangster rap. Hosted by MC8 and Big Steels every Thursday, each episode provides an in-depth exploration into the formative artists, monumental albums, and socio-political factors that have shaped gangster rap from its emergence in the 80s to its enduring impact today. Gangster Chronicles unpacks the evolution of this uniquely American art form. We dive into the socio-cultural aspects that gangster rap boldly addressed, from police brutality to systemic racism, offering listeners a comprehensive understanding of the profound cultural significance this genre holds. Listen to the Gangster Chronicles on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's go. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready. You know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Here comes the big interview. Listen and learn. Oh, it's so good. All right, now let's welcome into the podcast Harold Reynolds, of course, former Major League second baseman, two-time All-Star, and of course, one of the main men on MLB Network. Harold, welcome to the podcast. Hope Happy opening day, my man. Yes, sir. It's finally here. Good to talk to you, Rob. Always, always. Let's, let's talk. Like, There's an excitement about baseball, and maybe, Harold, I don't know, uh, the WBC leading into it, you know, we weren't like put to sleep by just uh, exhibition games, spring training games. The WBC had a little juice to it. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm geeked for the season. Man, the WBC just jumped it off. And then uh, the new rules of spring training has got everybody's curiosity up, excitement up, anxiety up. So when you have that combination of all those, uh, you're in for an exciting time. So I think that's where we're at in baseball right now. And let's start there with the new rules. The bases being bigger, I'm fine with that if that's going to you know, prevent some injuries, okay? I love the idea, Harold, of uh, not allowing more than two guys on each side of the bag. I think we, we lost a lot of base hits. Guys hitting the ball on the screws up the middle and the third baseman's up there. Where are you on the shift? Are you happy that with what the, uh, the new changes? Absolutely, I'm happy about it. I think the biggest thing by having the shift rule in place 
uh, I'm taking it away, I should say, is, is allowing the athletes to be athletes. And we've missed that. We've missed guys being able to hit and run. We've missed guys trying to steal. We've missed a, a lot of the action. Guys ranging, going up the middle, making a jump throw, ranging left, dive, get to his knees, throw a guy out. We haven't seen enough of that. So I'm excited for what the sport is going to bring now with some of those new rules. And then the pitch clock, that's the big one. Now, Harold, I'm going to just be up front. If this is going to shave 30 minutes off the game, then okay, I'll buy into it. And we saw some of that in spring training. But if this is going to be a six- or eight-minute difference in the game, once we get in and guys are taking pitches and working the pitcher and working the count, then I'm not so sure if this is great. Where are you on the pitch clock? Well, I think the pitch clock is going to work. I think what we're seeing in spring training is going to be a product of it. And I understand a lot of guys that played with the pitch clock in the minor leagues are in major league spring trainings. Now they're sent down. Now you're starting to see a lot of major leaguers. But the clock is the clock. I don't care if you're playing in the WNBA, the NBA, or the G League. The clock's the clock. And so the same thing's going to happen in baseball. But here's why I think we're going to stay at 30 minutes or so shaved off games. Because guys are not overthinking. They're getting in the box and they're saying, let's go. I think when you wander around and overthink, what's he going to throw me here? Two and one. The percentages is 82. No, was it 25? What's he going to throw me? Instead of get in the box, see the ball and hit it. I think it's speeding up everybody's process. And again, that's all under the same umbrella in my mind as being an athlete. We've been overthinking way too much. Athletes react. They can think it through ahead of time, and you react to it. And I think that's what we're going to see now in baseball a lot more of. Our guest is Harold Reynolds, former Major League second baseman and, of course, star on MLB Network. Uh, let's go here. Uh, the team that jumps out to me the most, Harold, uh, the, the San Diego Padres. I, I just I, I, I think they got pitching. They got a, a bullpen, a closer. They got uh, a, a star lineup, and now uh, Tatis is eventually going to join that. Uh, I don't think Juan Soto is going to bat 236 again. I mean, what do you make of that team and how loaded they are? Do you like them as much as I do? Yeah, it's easy to fall in love with them on paper. And, you know, they've got guys that have a track record. So I think that that makes it a little bit easier. I think also the fact that you have spring training and you can get some, some continuity and some cohesiveness uh, will help the Padres. So, yeah, I, I, I'm in on them. I'm excited about them. We'll see if they're able to deliver. I love it when a team goes out and makes a run to be challenging like that. I hope they get rewarded for you know, stepping, sticking their neck out there, putting some money into it, going for it. I, ho- I hope they get rewarded for that. All right, NL East, of course, you got three-headed monster. Of course, the Braves, the Mets, and the Phillies. And we know uh, – the, the Phillies uh, went to the World Series a year ago, but Bryce Harper is going to start the year on the uh, IL. Wh- who do you like in the NL East? Tell you what, I, I, the more and more I, I watch the Phillies, see the Phillies, and get to understand the DNA of what they're about, I like them more every day. Mm. But the Mets, the Braves, and the Phillies, to me, they're almost like throwbacks. You know, you can go to the Mets and go, you're not going to spit in our face. We're coming after you. That's, you know, that's that old school. We're going to fight you. 
And then you got Buck Showalter, uh, the puppeteer and the wizard, being able to figure things out. I love that about them. Then the Braves, the Braves are just that old school, we're going to keep bringing talent at you right out of our farm system, and you can't stop them. And now you know what we're going to do? We're going to lock them all up. And so that's what they've done. And then you look at the Phillies, and the Phillies are like, we're going to go out and get us a franchise player and Bryce Harper, and he's going to be the personality of what we go get. So every guy they've gone since then, bring back Riamuto, you bring back, you go get Swober, you go out and get Trey Turner. They got the same grit that Bryce Harper does. You knock me down, I'm getting in the box, I dare you to throw one over. You know, so I, I love what I'm seeing with the DNA of these teams. Let's go to the American League. Obviously, you have the Yankees in the AL East, uh, but the Central uh, Guardians and the White Sox, do they bounce back? And then you got the AL West, the Mariners, uh, obviously the Astros that won the World Series, but also the Rangers if Jacob DeGrom can be at the top of that rotation. Who who do you like in the AL or give me a, maybe a wild card team that uh, that could make noise that we're not expecting? Well, the AL, obviously, you're going to have the Angels. We're thrilled to see with Otani and Trout. Looks like they might have a, a supporting cast. So they're going to be competing. The, the Mariners have turned the corner. They're going to be up there competing. The Astros are the Astros. They're the champs. But the surprise team, not only in the West, but in baseball, is the Texas Rangers. Oh, I picked the, Tex- the Texas Rangers to win the AL West. I'm not picking them to win the West. I think they're going to be a playoff team. Here's why. The Texas Rangers can beat you. In baseball, you want to win two out of three, right? Three out of five, four out of seven. But during the summer, it's two out of three. That's what we play, three game sets. And with their starting rotation, they are set up, if healthy, to beat you two out of three every series. That's how I look at the Rangers. They could win the West. It wouldn't shock me at all. But I do think they're a playoff contending team that's going to surprise people. Wow. I did pick them. I like that. Uh, whenever you have pitching like that you at the top. You picked the Rangers? Look I picked at you, the, Rob. I picked the Rangers. I sure did. Why, why, I, I, why did you pick the Rangers? What did you I, like? I just I like the, the Grom at the top because, you know, when you have – and obviously he has to stay healthy. But as you know, Harold, when you have a stud at the top like that – you're not going to have eight-game losing streaks. You know what I mean? You're not. And that's what makes you consistent. If you have a guy every fifth day is going to give you a chance to win, you might have a three-game, but that guy's going to – a three-game, four-game stretch, and then you'll get right back to winning. And that's what I like when you have a real and a true ace. And uh, I think he's that guy. Yeah, I love that. I love that thinking. And like we both said, it comes down to being healthy. Right. If they're not healthy, they're not beating anybody. But if they're no, healthy, they got a shot. No, no doubt. Last thing from Harold Reynolds, World Series. Uh, give me your two teams. Who wins, and then how many games? That's the last thing Man, we want to do. Hate here. Doing it this I know time you got to give. You got to names. Go ahead. Right. I'm gonna I'm I'm put it to you this way, though. They're never how they start. The games always. Uh, if you ask me, it's a trade deadline. I'd be like, okay, yeah, it's a new team. Um, but I'm looking right now, I don't see the Houston Astros being beat in the American League. I got the Astros going back to the series. I talked about the Phillies glowing, glowingly earlier. I just don't know. 
um, if they can hold off the resources of a couple of these clubs that are going to put it together at the end. I just got a feeling the Mets are going to make a run. They're going to be knocking at the door of Verlander and Scherzer and company. Wow. Okay. I love that. And tell us now, Harold, you guys have a new look on uh, MLB tonight. Uh, Adman Burke uh, is, is your partner. Tell me about that. Well, yeah, you're absolutely right. The new look, it's a new time for me. Uh, 6 o'clock, MLB tonight is always kicked off at 6 p.m. But we're doing a little bit different. We're going to have the main two guys be me and Adnan. We'll rotate the analysts in and out. But a little different in that we're not going to be sitting at the desk for, for two hours. We're going to be moving around. We'll be in different parts of the studio. I'm going to be over in 42 a lot, doing mm-hmm. breakdowns. We're going to have special guests come in. Uh, and then there's going to be certain occasions, like looks like on uh, April 10th, we'll be going out to City Field for a game with the Mets out there. We'll be bouncing around. Uh, in, in May, I'm going to be out in Seattle at, at T-Mobile. So, you know, trying to, to really get the ballparks where people can engage with players uh, and coaches, and that's what really people want to do. And the last thing on it, Rob, is our mission and our job at 6 o'clock is to get you ready for the games. We are going to the ballpark cameras. You're going to watch batting practice, and you're going to get a chance to see what guys look like in BP. And I'm excited about that. Love it. The new look MLB tonight. Harold Reynolds, Adnan Berg, uh will be uh, anchoring the coverage there. Can't wait. And I uh, always appreciate you, Harold. We'll see you down the road at a ballpark, my man. My brother. And we'll be seeing a lot of Rob Parker on MLB Network, too. Welcome yes, to sir. The family. Can't wait, man. Thank you, man. I appreciate you. Stay well. Thank you. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal. So why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Free samples, free shipping, and our 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home too. Shop Blinds.com now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Delve into the visceral world of hip-hop with the Gangsta Chronicles podcast that aims to unravel the intricate tapestry of one of music's most influential and misunderstood subgenres, gangster rap. Hosted by MC8 and Big Steels every Thursday, each episode provides an in-depth exploration into the formative artists, monumental albums, and socio-political factors that have shaped gangster rap from its emergence in the 80s to its enduring impact today. Gangster Chronicles unpacks the evolution of this uniquely American art form. We dive into the socio-cultural aspects that gangster rap boldly addressed from police brutality to systemic racism, offering listeners a comprehensive understanding of the profound cultural significance this genre holds. Listen to the Gangster Chronicles on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's go. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, 
and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. It's time for the Pocket Protector Central. The analytic numbers you need to know, well, maybe. Anthony Masterson is his name. BS Analytics is his game. What do you got for me, Anthony? It's rare when a sports league makes such drastic changes to the sport, ones that could potentially alter the way the entire game is played, but that's where baseball is in 2023. Shifts will be restricted, bases will be enlarged, and pitchers and hitters will now be on the clock in an effort to speed up the game and increase action. Let's start with the shift. It's a bit of a hot button issue, but the fact is shifts are based on information and trends. As baseball shifts more toward analytics, no pun intended, why shouldn't they use the information given to them by an opponent? If a guy hits 97% of his ground balls to his pull side, why not put three guys over there? Anyway, with shifts restricted to two players on the dirt on each side of second base when the pitch is thrown, guys like Corey Seager, who was shifted on in a league-high 93% of his pitches faced last season, are going to find a lot more gaps for base hits. Larger bases are an attempt to increase stolen bases, a number that bottomed out in the modern era back in 2021. Barely over 2,000 stolen bases league-wide, or just under half a stolen base per game. Since 2010, there have been only five instances of a player stealing 60 bases, compared to 12 in the previous decade, 17 in the 90s, and 36 in the 80s. With similar rules in the minors last season, 10 players stole at least 60 bags, and that is what MLB is looking for. Relievers will have the toughest time with the new pitch clock for sure. Guys like Kenley Jansen, 26 seconds. Devin Williams, 25 seconds. Will have to speed up their deliveries considerably to abide by the 15 seconds they have to begin their motion between pitches with the bases empty, 20 with runners on. It won't take long to see just what effect these new rules have on America's pastime. When Rob was a newspaper columnist, he lived by this motto. If I'm writing, I'm ripping. Let's bring in a writer or broadcaster, old or new. All right, now let's welcome into the podcast a friend of mine. I've known him for a gazillion years, Steve Buckley. He's a columnist with The Athletic and has worked in Boston for a million years. Steve, happy opening day and welcome to the podcast, buddy. It, it feels like a million years. I, I've been doing this for a long time and uh, I went to my first opening day, I think in 1965 when I was wow. nine years old, if you can believe that. That is amazing opening day for me. I always remember, Steve, I was such a baseball fan. My mom used to write me a fake doctor's note so I could leave school, middle school, early to go home to watch the Mets on Channel 9. You know, I had to watch the first pitch. How about that? I applaud that. We had similar childhoods uh, with different results here and there, but um, but the same, the same kind of hope springs eternal attitude in April that I grew up with. Uh, I don't know if I have it with this year's Red Sox, but I've always been kind of wedded to the notion that things begin anew in April. So no doubt, and and that's great. That's where we want to start with the Red Sox. And I, what are the Red Sox now? I am totally confused. They don't feel like, Steve, like they're in, that they're out. I don't know what this team is. Please tell me, what is the direction 
of the Red Sox in 2023? Well, um, John Henry and Tom Werner, they're, they're the owners, and they wanted to bring in a guy that would sort of turn the organization up that, upside down, make it more efficient. Uh, they believe they can win games, win championships with a leaner product where they don't invest um, in free agency. And uh, um, to some degree, there's some there's some uh, understanding of where they're going because oftentimes free agents do not put up the numbers uh, once they've landed their big deal than they did before they landed their big deal. Having said that, um, there's also a couple of guys they didn't keep that were right here in Boston. Uh, it continues to amaze me. They turned around and traded Mookie Betts uh, a few years ago in 2020. And um, perhaps even more heinous, they, they did not make the right offer to keep Xander Bogarts. These were two cornerstone players who were fun to watch, who put up great numbers. And I, for one, wanted them to be to follow in the footsteps of Pedro Martinez and, and David Ortiz. Now, again, those two guys didn't begin their careers with the Red Sox. You know, Pedro was with the Dodgers and Expos, and mm-hmm. uh, Ortiz was with Seattle and the Twins. But still, once they landed here and got solid, they were Sox lifers. I wanted to see these two guys be those kind of players. Xander, uh, uh, were they even remotely interested in signing him? Did they make a... A fair offer. I mean, uh, to lose, you know, a star shortstop, as you said, a guy who's produced, and now he's going to San Diego on a team that's loaded. Uh, how stunned were the fans in Boston that he 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 was gone? He left. They they were very upset because Bogarts. And listen, I, I'm not a big fan of like, oh, he's super popular, therefore we have to have him, or else right. we would have. You know, Lou Merloni, who was a kid from Framingham, Mass, who played seven years with the Red Sox. He's a good friend of mine. I worked in radio with Lou for years. Enormously popular. You know, Mark Thronberry was enormously popular with the Mets, but they didn't keep him for 15 years. Right. And um, but, but if you've got a guy who puts up great numbers year after year after year, and there's the added attraction of him being great in the community, very fan-friendly, good-looking, um, everything, the whole thing from marketing to baseball, any department at Fenway Park, be it the marketing department or baseball ops, could see value in keeping this guy. And they didn't put up, they said he was their number one priority, clearly wasn't, considering they got outbid for him. And, um, and off he goes. Now, I understand he's not going to be a shortstop for the rest of his career. He's a big guy. I don't think he goes to his right as, as a big league shortstop should. But that doesn't mean he couldn't make a natural segue to third base and first base and what, whatnot that, that older players do. I mean, Robin Young moved to the outfield. I mean, we can go on and on. Um, and they got a kid in the minors who's probably the next big shortstop. So, but, but even so, there should have been a place for him on this team over the next five or six, seven years. Our guest is Steve Buckley from The Athletic, a columnist there in Beantown. Uh, they did bring, uh, bring in Justin Turner, is there anything left there, or is this just to fill a spot? Because uh, J.D. Martinez wound up in L.A. Yeah, I mean, Turner's, uh, what, 838, I think, and he, he's, 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 not gonna, he's a uh, stopgap, he's a tweener, whatever you want to call it, but that's okay. I mean, if you can bring in, he's got a winning environment, he, he 
He's played on winning teams. Um, uh, if if he remains healthy, he he can play the position and put up some numbers. I mean, if he has 17, 18 home runs and 60 to 7 RBIs, I think I kind of think that's all they're expecting of him. Um, but you know, we'll see. He's gonna he's gonna be mostly their DH. Um, I'll tell you something about uh, about him. He's not as big as I thought he was. I knew he wasn't. You know, JD Martinez. But seeing him in spring training, he's he's got that kind of Reggie Jackson thing going where, where when you see Reggie on TV, he's big and strong and hits home runs, and and then you meet him, you say, "Geez, Reggie's not that big." And uh, right. I kind of feel the same way about this guy as an aside. Let's go to the rotation. Uh, Chris Sale. Let's go start there. Has made eleven starts since the twenty nineteen season. This has had just a ton of injuries and whatnot. Where is he? Is he going to finally be healthy? I know he's not starting on opening day. That's Corey Kluber. But what are they expecting from Chris Sale? I think they're expecting, you know, just south of 200 innings. And for him to um, be that guy again, um, that he can put up the kind of numbers he put up several years ago. Um it was not a good signing um, by Dave Dombrowski out the door to give him a long-term contract. He he had shown signs of wear and tear his last couple of years with the Red Sox, but I think I think emotion played into it. He had that what I like to call "hold my beer" moment in um, the fifth game of the World Series when he came into the ninth inning, blew away the Dodgers, um, st- struck out Manny Machado to end it. Machado flailing on one foot and falling to the ground, and uh, and there was some added revenge for Red Sox fans because it was the Machado take outside at second base um, that it, that had basically destroyed Dustin Pedroia's career, and now you've got Sale wins the World Series and and turns Machado into sawdust in the process, and. Um, Come spring training 2019, they signed him to this big contract. And this isn't like I told you so because I, I had written a piece for The Athletic during that offseason saying, hey, you, your priority should be to, number one, to sign Mookie Betts long term. And at the bottom of that list, I had Chris Sale. Um, not because I, I don't think he's a great guy or a great pitcher and all that, but I was just concerned about workload and injuries and the fact that he's, you know, a very thin guy and uh, they gave him the big money anyway. And so far I have not reaped any dividends from it. Also Corey Kluber, who I mentioned, who's the Red Sox uh, opening day pitcher, 10 and 12 last night, four point last year, I should say 4.25 ERA and 29 starts. Uh, not going to be a Cy Young guy anymore, veteran right-hander, but what, what, what kind of, what could we expect? Does he win 15 games for the Red Sox? Well, you know, I have, um, I have kind of a, um, uh, well, let's put it this way. I like him as being one of those guys who could be a big surprise this year. Remember, this is like his 15 and five years. He's bounced around. He had his great years in Cleveland. You know, then he goes to Tampa Bay and the Yankees and Texas, and, he, and he's all over the place. So he, he comes in here now, but there's a, and again, I don't think this translates to victories, but I'll say it anyway. He has lived in Boston since he was in the minor leagues. Now, I think he was born in Alabama. He was raised in Texas right outside of Dallas. He went to college baseball. He played his college baseball in Florida. But he, he met his wife when he was in the minor leagues. She's from outside Boston. He's been living in the area for years and years and years. He told me, I talked to him a few weeks ago, 
that when his minor league season was over, he used to go to games at Fenway. So he has a place in Tampa, his wife and kids, but they all, they own a home in Winchester, Mass. He knows the area. If you bank anything on comfort level and familiarity and being accustomed to what I like to call the Boston baseball experience, um, that should count for something. And I think that he's in a good place and that if he stays healthy and he can harness his skills from years past, you said yourself he's not going to be a Cy Young Award winner. I agree with that. But I think he could be a very pleasant surprise. Last thing, Mr. Buckley, uh, just the expectations overall. Is this a uh, last-place team, second-to-last place? I don't see them on the playoff radar. Where do the Red Sox finish in 2023? I think they're going to be a better team than people think, but a team not good enough to make the playoffs. And if they do, uh, it would be sort of NCAA-like one-and-out type thing. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't see them going deep into the postseason. But I, I am literally finishing up a column on them that will run The Athletic tonight or tomorrow morning in which I posit that they will indeed be better than people think. All right, there it is. Steve Buckley from The Athletic, a man who knows all about the Red Sox for the last – a million years. I don't know it's not that long, Steve, but it feels like that. Appreciate your time and energy here on the podcast, my friend, and I'll see you at a ballpark somewhere this summer. Or maybe you won't. You're way too important to go to press boxes anymore. I'm Come still on. there, but I never see you anymore. Come on, Steve. No, nah, that's not true. Absolutely nah, not. Ever since you became a big TV star, <laughs> you just don't do that kind of thing anymore. Let's be Stop. honest. No, no, no. I try to make my way. Definitely. I hope to see you. Okay, buddy? <laughs> Bring in the closer. Track one. Track two. Strike three. He's out. Here's why MLB is better than the NFL or NBA. And it isn't even close. Reason number 1049 why Major League Baseball is better than the NBA and the NFL. It's opening day. Are you kidding me? Goosebumps. All that butterflies, just the, uh, the the start of the season is just very special. Opening day. When you say opening day, it doesn't register in the NBA or the NFL. No one thinks of it like that. It is, it's about baseball, opening day. And here is the ode to opening day that we play every single year here on Inside the Park. So much of my love for baseball Started at an early age. And my family knew how much I loved baseball. Even my mom, who was a stickler for school and about getting your work done. But when I was in junior high school, my mom used to write a fake doctor's note for me so that I could leave school early. So that I could get home to watch the Mets on opening day. I had to see the first pitch of the season on TV. I couldn't come home in the third or fourth inning. I had to see it from the beginning. And back then, I was a Mets fan. I wasn't a reporter. I was a fan. Opening day that stands out to me the most dates back to college. 1983, I was a student at Southern Connecticut State University. Me and my three buddies, we hopped in the car. We barely had money for tickets. But we had to see Tom Seaver return to the Mets. We drove from New Haven, Connecticut. And I can remember standing up in our seats 
in the bleachers and watching Tom Seaver walk from the bullpen and to the mound. What a moment it was! In the words of New York TV legend, the late Bill Jorgensen, thanking you for your time this time until next time. Rob Parker, out. He can't get it. This could be an inside to Parker. See you next week. Same bad time, same bad station. Delve into the visceral world of hip-hop with the Gangster Chronicles, hosted by MC8 and Big Steel. It's every Thursday, already a know. podcast that aims to unravel the intricate tapestry of one of music's most influential and misunderstood subgenres, gangster rap. Let's go. Gangster Chronicles unpacks the evolution of this uniquely American art form, offering listeners a comprehensive understanding of the significance this genre holds. Listen to the Gangster Chronicles on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there.